that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon and welcome to the Race Hour podcast in association with bookmakers.com and kindly sponsored by the tote.co.uk, home of the £1 million play spot for every single day of the Cheltenham Festival. We came close enough yesterday, Dermot. We're already out of today's. I am joined, of course, by Dermot Nolan, who, like me, is licking his wounds after Jerry Kalam being chinned earlier <laughs> by the real whacker. It was a right kick in the teeth, Dermot. It was a tough one to take. It was a terrific ride from Sam uh, Twiston Davis. I really thought he nailed it. Um, not that Jordan Gainford did anything wrong really either. He hit the flat spot at the worst time and then kind of just edged through a few and just 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 when he got him rolling, it, it was almost like champ that day in the RSA really. Um, Bard uh, actually getting up to win. I just think sometimes a jockey just, just gets it completely right and Sam Twiston Davis absolutely nailed that. Great story for racing, Patrick Neville and everything else. It, it really is fantastic. But yeah, I adore Jerry Kalam. I, I think that I still think he probably advertised his Gold Cup credentials there, really. So I'm very happy to stick with him long term. But yeah, very, very frustrating when when a race works out like that, Darren. Yeah, listen, that's such as life. You always get one or two of them across the week at Cheltenham, but, uh, and you have to take them on the chain. And keep going, obviously. Uh, it'd be remiss of us not to mention Honeysuckle yesterday. We were, we were wrapping up this podcast just as they jumped off yesterday. Um, and to say it was one of the most magical results in Chet- like the, the, Obviously, look, Cheltenham is a cauldron. It throws up uh, this kind of thing every so often. But yesterday was up there with the most special. I mean, anyone who knows me now will know I'm a fairly hard-nosed individual. It takes a lot to get me going. But I, I there was more than one tear in my eye yesterday watching the interview with, with Henry and, and Lydia in the prayer ring afterwards. So uh, I thought that was just magical. What did you think? Oh yeah, Jesus! Like it just ra- it very rarely works out like that. You yeah. know, very rarely that that you know you really want something to happen. And obviously, like one of the times we all saw young Jack the Bromid was that brilliant interview in RTE um, with Gleason and. It, it was just amazing and like everyone noted how, how special interview was and then poor old Jack was gone a few months later and it, it was you know honeysuckle meant the world to her so for, for her to win like you just see all of them were just caught by it Rachel could barely speak Lydia Hislop and and um, Henry's interview is one of the most special pieces of TV I've ever seen I think in all truth it was just unbelievable and and yeah look was just something that we're very lucky to have people like Lydia Hislop on our sport and and like I said, Henry de Brom, it's a really brilliant community. And yeah, it was a really, really special day. It was just, uh, yeah, hard to hard to stay tough watching that as well, Darren. Yeah, big time. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. You took the words out of my mouth regards uh, Lydia Hislop and, and Nick Luck is another one. Gary O'Brien, look, there's some of the broadcasters in race and I, I think they're genuinely some of the best sports broadcasters uh, across any sport. When you compare the quality of racing coverage to, say, so- coverage of soccer, uh, even rugby to an extent, we're streets ahead. We're just we're obviously a more niche sports. So maybe that 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 uh, that's one of the reasons why. Um, in any case, we may move on. We've uh, we're halfway through day two. Uh, so so far we've seen Imperia pass. Uh, dare I say shit in the Ballymore drama? That that was one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen in this race. Absolutely unbelievable stuff. 
it was unbelievable. I had no firm opinion on this race. And on our preview night, I put good land up. And then on the podcast during last week, I was like, oh, I'm swaying towards Empire Pass because of the, the, the talk. And then I just kind of went back to my original thoughts after Marine National won yesterday. And I just felt like an Egypt from about the second hurdle. I don't know. I just had that feeling that, that or just that watching it, just how good Paul Townend clearly thought he was where he had him. Um, this horse just looks really good. Willie Mullen said afterwards that, you know, oh, we might have won to take on Constitution Hill. Like, that's some statement. It, uh, beyond ridiculous. I think Dean Ryan said the message to me yesterday that uh, uh, only a car would get Constitution Hill off the bridle. So, uh, you know, Impaired Pass has an awful lot to do. But it was just a, a, an imperious performance. One note as well has to be uh, Patrick Mullins gave Gaelic Warrior an absolute peach as yeah. well because yeah. early on that horse that horse went to jump right at the first turtle I think the second as well I was watching Goodland a bit more but that horse was jumping you could see Michael O'Sullivan kept trying to get away from Patrick because he didn't want to be the one to keep Patrick in but Patrick was just it was it was just perfect altogether really good because he, he didn't affect anyone else either but just made sure that he was kept in that horse has ran a blinder but just the other ones are in a different parish uh, absolute different parish to Empire Pass, who who just looks something very very special. Yeah, I, I, again, I couldn't agree more. And I tell you, I think another indicator to how you know you were saying the way Paul was riding him was just an indicator how good he thought he was. The fact that Patrick followed him the whole way, and I know Patrick was trying to to keep in to avoid himself from jumping right. But equally, even when a gap opened for Patrick, he still hung in behind him here at Pass, probably with the thought that I'm only going to get one crack at this lad he's the one I have to beat. He, he, Patrick wasn't too fussed about anything else in the race, including uh, the other one from their yard that was at the front in the shape of Champ Kylie. But um, yeah, I think we, we can all agree. Magnificent performance. Uh, comparisons to Constitution Hill are probably a little bit premature, but uh, will be very, very interesting to see how Imperial Pass's career develops from here. Uh, next up was, we'll do this as quickly as possible, Dermot, the, uh, the artist formerly known as the RSA. It's the Brown Advisory, Three Mile Chase, I don't really know what to say here. I, I, there's nobody at fault. I think what you you said you were saying before the podcast, Sam Tristan Davies gave uh, the real whacker an absolute peach, and I think that's that's pretty much the medicine we have. Just to a follow. few. That's it. That really is it. Braun ran a screamer for Stephen Cass, who put that horse up at like yeah. 80s on the exchange. Jeez, it was some shout. I really thought Cass had it turning in. Uh, Braun's ran an absolute screamer, but it was just a, a brilliant ride from one jockey and and. Jordan Gainford did nothing wrong, in my opinion. The horse just didn't speed up. He, he was at the horse, niggling at Jerry Clome. You can see now why Gordon Elliott was really swaying towards the four-miler. Yeah. Um, they might have left a race after them there. You can definitely see why he was. Jerry Clome doesn't have tactical speed, really. And that would that would just create a, like... I think he, he enhanced his gold cup position in one way, but the other way... You have to have some bit of a, a tactical speed about you in a Gold Cup, you know, like like Dermanel Indo won it. He he was able to get to them quite quick. Obviously, Etutard has plenty of it. Um, that's the one concern I'd have for him now. Now going forward, but look, he didn't really lose a whole pile in defeat either, Darren. Really, no, I I'd be inclined to agree with that. Um, you know, obviously would have preferred to see him win for both my wallet and for my sanity, but uh, I I couldn't agree more. I think that that race was on the the new course. I I like to think the result might have been different. Obviously, it wasn't. We knew it was going to be on the old course before the race, but uh, I wouldn't be too disheartened about his future prospects off the back of that. Uh, the other race probably worth mentioning is Champion Chase. We've just seen that obviously go by. Um, and Nerga Men, Imperious, Edward Son never really got in the race for us, unfortunately, but hard not to be impressed with the winner, though. With Captain Guinness so close, my question, 
the validity of the form, though I will say Rachel was quite bullish on his chances uh, late last yeah, week. Yeah, she napped so him. She napped she with the bet for a previous night, yeah, yeah, which was something else. Uh, yeah, look, it's it's this is a division that really needs a a, a hand here. Um, yeah. It turns out that the Arca last season was just terrible, and we're now looking at just just a very weak division overall that inures me now has just has just picked up twice on, on rainy Wednesdays. Um, he's a very good horse, don't get me wrong, but I just don't know how, how good he is because we can't. It did look for a minute like Captain Guinness was really going to lay it down to him, but Paul Townend just kind of streamed away. It was one of the easiest champion chases. Champion chases shouldn't be won that easy, but obviously the way that, that we're all buying horses now, we're, we're not buying horses for champion chases anymore, really. They're, they're buying horses to, to win gold cups, etc. So it's, um, yeah, it's, tr- it's a troubling moment for, for the division. Um, because the, the problem for everyone is, is that like, if Inertia means in this form, why would Willie send El Fabiola for a champion chase? Do you know, as in he may True. as well try and go up to a Gold Cup or a Ryanair or whatever. So yeah, look, it is problematic now for the division overall. Um, but look, yeah, is what it is. He's a very good horse anyway. A hundred percent. And it's a bit frustrating. It's, it's actually my favorite division of the whole lot. I think if you get one or two really, really good two-mile chasers and let them knock heads. I think it's it's probably the most exciting. For me, it's the most exciting sign in our sport or view in our sport. Uh, unfortunately, we just don't seem to have it at the moment. But look, these things come and go in cycles, and I'm sure it'll pop back, back around again. Anyway, Dermo, on to day three. And the opening uh, opening battle on day three is the Turner's Novices Chase, two-and-a-half-mile equivalent of the Arkle and the Brown Advisory. Mighty Potter, very strong at the head of the market here. He's uh, an 11 to 10 poke across the board, generally speaking. Have you any view to take him on, or do you think this is pretty straightforward? I've been all over him for ages. I was all over him at the DRF. I said he'd win that and this. Um, I'm on about 8 to 1, nothing mad. I, I really should have backed him earlier on this season because I loved this horse for an, an awful long time. I, I took on Constitution Hill with him last season. But um, something I'll speed on past very quickly um, just the ratings again it, it was Brian Hayes that kind of brought this to my attention yesterday uh, you know he, he's 10 pounds clear of everything here on ratings I know as obvious I, I know on, on sorry as a novice rankings don't matter or because when you look at it like Gaelic Warrior was well clear of them all today but that was because he won a handicap but Mighty Potter's been winning you know normal grade ones um, so he's he's a good bit clear of all of these, and I, I just yeah I don't see an angle how he's beaten. I I really don't, and um, I just think he's he's well well clear. And Gordon Elliott des- deserves a great one to kind of fall his way like this. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, it's it's. Um, I was going to say it's been a long time between drinks for Gordon. I wouldn't quite go that far. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like he had he had his winner. Yes, uh, you know what I mean. But at the same time. A properly good horse in his hands again, or a, good, a nice novice on his hands again, which he which he also has in Jerry Clum. I will I will insist, but uh, having a couple of them to go to war with, as, as he's still kind of in the rebuilding process, I think would be good to see. And I, yeah, I find it very very hard to oppose Mighty Potter as well, even at the prices. Uh, much easier is to find the winner of next round with the ten past two tomorrow, the Pretemps Network Final, uh, three mile handicap hurdle, just the twenty four runners, five to one the field. Have you got a view on this? Uh, yeah, just again, I think you've a similar enough view. I just think walking on air is one that that's full of ability, and that this race is. I know he won last time, but that trend has definitely changed. You know that there's only four four runners there. You can't get them as well handicapped maybe as you you once could. So uh, I don't think this is a really great division at all. Um, I really, really don't. I think the ground's gone for a lot of them. Um, walking on air has 
he's just a horse that that just all of a sudden it, it kind of clicked with them. Now we've no idea about the ground with him, but I don't think the the new course would be too bad. Um, so it, it should be okay compared to that old course. So walking on air sh- should kind of get away from. We don't really know what he he'd be like in the ground, but I just think ability wise, he he just looks very very good. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to think if if there's a horse in here that is definitely better than handicap level, it's him. Um, obviously, look, he's uh, maybe not the most, um, not the most. How would I put this? Steady of creatures in the sense he's obviously had his issues, but uh, I think when on song, there's a strong chance this guy is 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 very very good, uh, and hopefully he can show that tomorrow in the pretense where I think a lot of things are in his favour, including the trip and the ground. We move on. The 250, the Ryanair Chase, uh, grade one over two and a half miles on the new course, market headed by probably one of the superstars of our sport, it's fair to say, in the shape of Shishkin. He'd gone missing a little bit uh, in his last two or three starts, but uh, has come back with a bang in after the bet for Ascot Chase. Five to six here, Dermo. It looks like a race that's ripe for an each way swing at something, but do you have a view on the favourite? I yeah, I was kind of happy to take him on, and Dean Ryan of this parish is obviously on at seven to one, which is a a, a serious achievement. And um, Shishkin, he just is. I mean, he's one hundred and seventy four rated. He's he's just he's way way clear of these Blue Lords rating one hundred sixty seven. I think really flatters him beyond all belief. Um, I, he's a good horse, but still, like he couldn't get the job done in that Arca last season. We've just seen how poorly advertised that was. Um, if I had to go for an each way punt, which I put up at the preview night, it would be Janadal each way, but he's even arguably short enough now as an each way punt. Um, so yeah, look, this race completely revolves around Shishkin, and the closer I'm getting to it, the more I'm just staying away from it. Yeah, I I, I think I'm inclined to agree. Like, uh, you know, it's Cheltenham before the off. I could be uh, could be tempted to have a token bet on Janadal each way because he is probably the one for me that's most likely to upset the apple cart here but uh, it, again it'll be a, it'll be a token bet and I, I wouldn't begrudge Shishkin winning the race in any way shape or form I think you might have a strong view in this next race Darmo it's the half three tomorrow the, the feature race of day three the Cheltenham Festival the stairs hurdle and after a series of will he wonties uh, which never really I don't think anyone ever believed they were wonties uh, Blaise and Cal has found himself at the head of the market for tomorrow's stay in hurdle at a general price of about three to one uh, I'm not sure that Charles Burns, if he was up to his old tricks, which I'm not saying he was, he is or was, but if that's what he was doing, I'm not sure he fooled too many people. This horse looks to have gotten here fit and healthy and is the one to beat. Is that your view? Yeah, um, I've loved this horse now for a long time. The the Albert Barton last season, he really did look look like a real contender. He was just winning those races over Cheltenham really well. So, that, so the whole course thing and everything else is no concern for him whatsoever. Um and last time he was brilliant. Now it, it 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 wasn't a great race at all, but he was still absolutely brilliant. We don't really know the horse's level, but Charles Burns, I I I think some people, particularly maybe our our UK friends, give this trainer reputation as just being a you know a a, a lander of punts. Whilst he he he's genuinely an absolute genius. Like yeah. the, the work he the job he did with Saul, with the job he did with Weapons Amnesty, etc. He knows when he has a good one and he strikes with them. Uh, they were very unlucky yesterday with Biker, really unlucky. Yeah. Um, and that was that was that was a good shout. The one today in the Coral Cup didn't go that well, but kind of drifted too. Um, so I wouldn't say there was there was as much confidence behind it. But I can see a late smash coming on Blazing Cal tomorrow. The ground will help him as far as you know. That was his first run for a while. Newer, newer, or sorry, softer ground or 
better ground would have concerned me. But Blazing Cal, for me, I just, I do, I've long held the opinion that this horse is something very, very good. And um, I think he'll he'll take a bit of stopping here. But I understand, Darren, um, as a man uh, who likes a decent punt, you're also quite quite big here at home by the Lee. I just think at an each way price, um, and like there's a couple of couple of operators going four places tomorrow. Like he's a horse, I found it hard to trust. But I think if you if you can put your distrust to the side for 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 a brief moment, um, I think this is this is somewhat straightforward to tell you the truth in in terms of if he's out of the four, I'm going to be really really surprised. I, I, my personal belief is he carries the strongest form going into this race tomorrow. I think his two wins um, this season. On 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 the numbers I would have, I, I have those as, as as the best form in the book. Um, I think I'm I'm willing to bet that he's put his uh, he's put his sort of distrust or untrustworthiness behind him maybe ahead of this tomorrow. Uh, I think the track is going to suit. I don't think he's too fussed ground wise. Ground wise, I should say, uh, soft ground shouldn't be any impediment to him. And he's one that's going to be running on late. Uh, hopefully, now where the pace is going to come from in this race is a little bit tricky to figure out just yet, but. I'm still hoping he can run a pretty big race here tomorrow, but of course we shall see. Um, we move on then from the stairs hurdle tomorrow. The 10 past four is the Magnus play handicap chase. Uh, it's a handicap. I think is, is there a rate span in this room? Would you know? Uh, I don't actually fully know. I don't think so. No, I, I, it's just an open handicap. Open, it? open handicap. But the fact it's in my, the reason I asked was that yeah, they, yeah. They, they did a bit of whinging about it is so Scottish. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were whinging about so Scottish's handicap mark, so I thought there might be a reason they were trying to get him back down into a certain band. But however, <laughs> just the 26 runners over two and a half miles in the new course of Cheltenham. Uh, ground looks like it's going to be pretty soft, and so Scottish does indeed head the market at a general price of about four to one. Uh, Dermo, have you any strong view in this race? Probably pretty hard. I think you might fancy an English horse here. I love Ilberdoto. Yeah, that that race generally has been a very good gauge for this. And over fences, the over fences, particularly handicap chases, the Irish aren't anyway ahead of the UK. They they really aren't. It, it's always hurdles where we're miles clear. Um, but Ilberdoto is that was a really good performance last time. Now I know he's got a worse weight swing now at Fugitive, who who's not out of this either. But I just thought he was getting on top late on there and uh, and was going away again. Uh, I think he's he's definitely improving. The headgear has made the world a difference to this horse, and Hot on Calore has has really given has really done him a huge favor here, um, because he runs here off eleven stone three, and obviously handicap ratings are important, but it, it always depends on how how a race is framed as well, and that the, the frame of this race just really helps him. He's he won off ten stone twelve here last time, so he's only effectively kind of up three pounds from that. So it definitely isn't going to hinder this horse because he's not the biggest horse in the world. But the the headgear has made a huge difference to him. He's a course and distance winner. Yeah, I really, really like him for this there. Nice. Good to, good to have somebody with a strong view here. I haven't got a massively strong opinion myself. Um, I thought Hall and Kalor was interesting off the back of his uh, off the back of his fall, obviously behind Fakir Dudering, which maybe that form isn't uh, isn't as strong as it once looked, but in second place in Gorham, but with Mickey O'Sullivan in the plate. Very, very hard to oppose the man who hasn't put his foot wrong this week, but uh, we shall see how he goes. Uh, there's the potential for more tears tomorrow, even Dermot, uh, or Dermot, I should say, uh, at 10 to 4, the 450. It's the Jack to Bromhead Mirrors Novices Hurdle. We've had one or two fairy tales this weekend, or this week already, I should say, uh, but I think Magical Zoe doing the business here would really bring the house down. But leaving aside semantics, on form, she does have a right rattle, you think? 
She does, she does, she does. Uh, I think we're mad about the Zoe's here. Henry runs five, so any of them winning, obviously, everybody will be absolutely thrilled. But the um, Magical Zoe was very good last time. Then they put her away for Cheltenham, and she's back here again. Soft ground, won't be an issue at all for her. Um, owned by pa- Paddy Bryson, who's a friend of the podcast. Um, I think has absolutely every chance. 12 to 1 is a very decent price, and the money is starting to come now. I think she's 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 very smart, but Darren, yeah, it's not a race, though. I'd be going um, too, too hard in. Yeah, probably hard enough to have a strong view. Like I, I half fancy Princess Zoe to run a race. Um, I think the fact she was able to dead heat on her on her hurdling debut, knowing how Tony Mullins trains, he'd have left an awful lot for her to work on. Uh, I prefer to see her over two and a half miles than two, if I'm being brutally honest. But I think the the rain that's obviously fallen in the last um the last. 24 hours would say and, and what's due to fall in the next 24 that'll bring her stamina into it I thought she jumped largely okay on her first start uh, over the couple she missed but she was a couple of them she made a really nice shape at uh, which will give you encouragement that there's improvement to be found there as well and um, I'd say she's likely to get a lead or to, to, to make it here tomorrow which is a uh, I, I can't see anything else in the race that's going to give her too much hassle up top so hopefully that um, Princess Zoe Will will run a big race for me, but to be honest, if you could tell me that one of Henry's is going to win, I would genuinely snap your hand off. I don't care how much money I have, uh, won or loss. Um, aside from that, right to round us out tomorrow, uh, it's probably one of the more uninspiring races of the week. If I'm br- being brutally honest, is the Kim Muir. Uh, it's a race for amateur riders over the Gold Cup trip on the new course once again. Stumptown uh, heads the market here for Gavin Cromwell. His horses have been in flying form. Uh, a couple of mates of mine are going to be listening to this podcast. And when this horse won in Sandown and was put up at 10s, I think my exact words were, that might just be the worst 10 to 1 shot I've ever seen in my entire life. So it shows you exactly how much I fucking know when he's now the 7 to 2 favourite for tomorrow's Kim Muir. Dermo, do you have a strong view on the race at this point? Or, or what are I your really thoughts? don't, Darren. No, no, I really don't. I, I, I'll probably row in behind uh, Dean Ryan, who's long thought the Royal Teeth would go well here. Um, I'd probably fall in behind him, but no, I've absolutely. I have no strong opinion at all. Right, yeah, listen, I, 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 I can't disagree with you, to be honest. Um, Mr. Incredible, obviously very interesting given his connections, but like, I can't in good conscience suggest that I'm going to put that horse up. Yeah. Uh, right, I think that brings us to the end, just as the cross country has jumped and my biggest wallop of the week, or one of my bigger wallops of the week, I should say, not my biggest. Yeah, it's just, just yeah, just of course, the, the, old, the old play spot just before we run the yeah. million pound daily play spot. Sorry, yes, 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 I'm jumping the gun, go on. You're, you're, you're grand, you're grand, you're grand. So in the Turner's Novices Chase, we are Mighty Potter. We've napped him in the Bertemps. We're walking on air and Maxim. In the Ryanair chase, we are Shishkin and Janadil. In the stairs, we are Blazing Cal and Home by the Lee. In the plate, we are Il Rodoto and Hot on Color. And in the Mayor's Hurdle, we are the two Zoe's, Magical Zoe and Princess Zoe. Don't forget everyone to get involved. Million pound play spot every single day with the Tote at the Shetland Festival. And uh, of course, the Tote Fantasy and everything else. It, it really is the only place to be, to be punting this Shetland Festival. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick to the back teeth of saying it at this point, but not because of the total offer, but because I don't think enough people are listening. This million quid place, Pat, lads. Uh, like, if you were to ask anyone who takes their punting seriously how good the, how good a value this is, um, they, they tell you, they put you straight. Uh, it really is incredible value. But with that, uh, we've half of day two to go, and obviously all of day three and four, myself and Dermo, We'll be back tomorrow for the last time this week, uh, obviously to take a review of half of day four and to pre or half of day three, I should say, and then to preview the entirety of day four. 
including the highlight of the entire week, the Cheltenham Gold Cup. Until then, gamble responsibly and we will talk to you all tomorrow. You're listening to The Race Hour, proudly brought to you in association with The Tote. Check out The Tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing.